Welcome to the Fruit from Under the Fig Tree podcast with historian, pastor, and teacher George DeYoung. In today's episode, George takes us back to the beginning as we discover the importance of knowing our God as our Lord God. She asked if I would be the speaker at her retreat. Unfortunately, I couldn't. Well, would you mind just recording something for our group? What do you want me to think about? George, could you think about the favor of the Lord? That one session became three sessions. Because when you talk about the favor of the Lord, you really need to talk about the Lord first. So let's go where we first meet the Lord. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I love that text. If you were to translate that, where it says, now the earth was formless and empty, in Hebrew, that's tohu vavohu, which is chaos. Now the earth was chaotic, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now the word for surface is face. So chaos has a face, and the face of chaos is darkness. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This hovering is a hovering of endearment. There's something broken, and there's something in God as he hovers over the waters. The text goes on. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. In the Hebrew, as many of you know, there are no capital letters, there's no punctuation, there's no bold print, there's no underlining or brackets, there isn't any of those things. So the question is, how do you emphasize something in the Hebrew? One of the ways that's used more than any other way to emphasize something is by repeating it. And this phrase, and God said, let there be, and it was so, and God saw it was good, is repeated a number of times. But before we go there, Let me share how the rabbis view these verses. And God said, let there be light. That's the language of a king. That's an imperative. That's the language of authority. This is one who is sovereign. You can tell that he's sovereign and one of authority because the next words, and there was light. I like to tell people on trips that, uh, you know, next year you don't have to pay your taxes. And if you were to take me seriously and not pay your taxes next year, then somewhere along the line, the IRS is going to meet you And they're going to say, you didn't pay your taxes. And you're going to say, well, George DeYoung said we didn't have to. Well, they'll probably push back and say, well, we don't know who this George DeYoung is. We're going to find out. But uh, he has no authority. But God does. God says, let there be light. And there was light. The author of all things has authority over all things. And so in that first sentence, the first words that God speaks, God declares himself as king of the universe, sovereign over all. And God saw that the light was good. Here God is revealing himself as a judge. God is king. God is judge. Now, if you let your eyes go down in the text, if you're following along in your Bibles, then we come to verse 6 where it says, And God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. And then a little later on it says, And it was so. And then a little bit later on it says, Let there be water under the sky. And it was so. In verse 10, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the land produce. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. Verse 14, and God said, let the lights in the expanse. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. Verse 20, and God said, let the water teem. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. In verse 24, 
And God said, let the land produce. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. And at the end of the chapter, verse 31, sums the whole thing. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. King of the universe, sovereign over all. He's the author of all things. He has authority over all things, and he is a judge. Six times, six times it's repeated. Let's not stop there. Let's move to Genesis 2, which is another account of creation, only this account of creation is more intimate. This is where God creates, but not by speaking. Quite frankly, it's in this account that God gets his hands dirty. God puts his hands in the earth. He plants a garden. He, he makes a man out of the soil. Genesis 2 is another account, but it seems to be a more intimate account. It goes this way in verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the... Wait a minute. Did you catch that? Why is that there? When the Lord God made the heaven, the earth and the heavens. Lord God. That's interesting. That's different. That's not God. God said. It's Lord God. And notice if you're looking at your Bibles, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. In Hebrew is yud Hey vav Hey. Our Jewish friends would say that's the unpronounceable name of God. And in the old King James Version, it would be translated as Jehovah. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. As I look at the text, there are three ways that God identifies himself. He identifies himself as capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, as in our text here, yud Hey vav Hey, the covenantal name of God. He also identifies himself as God, Elohim. The word Elohim is how our whole passage begins. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. God. You might be interested to know that the word Elohim can refer to the God you and I worship, and it can refer to pagan gods. There are no other Elohim besides our God. Having said that, the word Elohim appears in the Hebrew text 2,601 times, not always referring to our God, but many times and most times it does. There's another way that God identifies himself in the text, and that's as Adonai. That's rendered as Lord, capital L, little o, little r, little d. That's Lord and Master. That's used not exclusively of God in the Hebrew text, but most times it is. That word appears 355 times in the text. And then we have, when the Lord God made, yud Hey vav Hey, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it occurs 5,790 times, and every time it is used exclusively of our God. Every time. Now, we talk about something being repeated for emphasis. Tell me how God wants to be known. And let's go a little further on that. This is God's covenantal name. This is the name of relationship. So if G-O-D or capital G-O-D or Elohim is God revealing himself as king of the universe, author of everything, who has authority over everything, sovereign over all, and judge, those concepts are conveyed by Elohim. But it's, when it's yud Hey vav Hey, that's God's covenantal name. What does that mean? Let's put it this way. If you've been on a trip with me, you've heard me say, you can call me George, you can call me pastor, you can call me reverend, you can call me Mr. DeYoung, you can even call me rabbi, but one thing you can't call me is dad. Only my daughters, my two daughters can call me dad, their husbands, and my three grandsons. Why? 
because only they have this unique relationship with me. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is that covenantal relationship. I don't believe anywhere in the Hebrew text that it is said of God, Elohim, that he's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger. When Moses was on Mount Sinai and he wanted to see God, and remember God said, you can only see my back. And as, as the Lord passed by, Moses heard these words, the Lord, the Lord, he's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in chesed, loving kindness. As Elohim is king of the universe, sovereign over all, judge, yod heh bav is the compassionate, the love, the relationship. Did I mention it? Elohim, 2,601 times. Adonai, 355 times. The covenantal name of God used exclusively of our God, 5,790 times. He, he wants to be known as a loving God, a compassionate God. I think word order is important. It doesn't say when the God Lord made earth, the earth and the heavens. It says when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. In fact, in chapter 2, no fewer than 10 times does it say the Lord God. Verse 4, the Lord God made the earth. Verse 5, the Lord God had not sent rain. Verse 7, the Lord God formed the man. Verse 8, the Lord God planted a garden. Verse 9, the Lord God made all kinds of trees. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man. Verse 18, the Lord God said, it's not good. Verse 19, the Lord God formed. Verse 21, the Lord God caused the man. Verse 22, the Lord God made a woman. In Genesis chapter 1, we learn of God as sovereign over all, king of the universe. And we also learn of him as judge. But in Genesis chapter 2, I'm your loving God. I make a covenant with you. I'm your Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. No fewer than 10 times in one chapter does God drive that point home. For some of us, that's enough. But I want to go one step further. I want to go into chapter 3. I want to go into those first verses of the fall. Listen to how chapter 3 begins. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And the serpent said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree? In the... Excuse me, did you catch it? After 11 times where God is exclusively referred to as Lord God, the serpent asked the question, Did God really say to the serpent, He is not the Lord God. The serpent hates the Lord. And the serpent is quite happy if you look at God as king and judge. A king and judge in whom there is no love. Do you remember in the book of James, James says why even demons believe? Probably the best theologians are demons. What's the difference between demons knowing and our knowing God? Demons know God exclusively out of their heads. We know God first and foremost out of our hearts. It involves our heads, absolutely. But God is into heart change. So we talk about the favor of the Lord. First of all, what's the predisposition of the Lord God? What does God want us to know about him? How does God want to be known by us? Yes, creator of all things. Yes, king of the universe, sovereign over all. And yes, he is a judge. But first and foremost, 10 times the Lord God. 
who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. This is the Lord who makes covenant. This is the Lord out of which Jesus is sourced. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed learning about the importance of knowing the Lord our God, then we hope that you'll share this podcast with your family and friends. To learn more about our ministry, or if you'd like to join George on an upcoming study trip to the lands of the Bible, visit us online at www.underthefigtree.org.